Welcome to Radio B&R, a podcast production of the Baptist and Reflector, the official news journal of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. Radio B&R, keeping Tennessee Baptists informed about the issues impacting their lives and churches. Hello and welcome into this special edition of Radio BNR. I'm your host, Chris Turner, and we're joined here with Randy Davis, our state exec. Randy, welcome in. Thank you so much, Chris. Well, this is uh, one of those things that uh, we're trying to do a monthly retrospective, just kind of a monthly update with you to kind of get an idea of what's going on not only in the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board, but across our Tennessee Baptist churches over the month of January. And this month we had a really big event that's actually turned out to be a big event in our bivocational ministers retreat. Yeah, I think that is something that uh, is just so powerful and effective that is being done. Um, My wife, Jeannie, and I have been involved in this bivocational pastors retreats since uh, probably a decade and a half ago. We got involved while we were still in the pastorate, and then coming here, we've been invited back each year. And uh, she normally leads a, a breakout session for the wives, and I have an opportunity to preach a time or two. And it is really one of the highlights of the year. And uh, the growth of this annual retreat with the bivocational pastors and their wives has just grown tremendously. Um, it's taken place since we've been involved each year at um, um, Conference Center in Pigeon Forge, and the people love the facility, they love the atmosphere, they love the environment of being in the mountains there in East Tennessee, and it is just a very, very exciting time together. Yeah, talk a little bit about why it is such a big deal. I mean, we have a, a really a large number of our pastors in Tennessee are bivocational. I don't think most people recognize how big that number is. Yeah, I would say that, um, and I've heard this from others, that a minimum of 60% of the pastors wow. in Tennessee are bivocational. Uh, the number of churches that have a a pastor that is um, that is either bivocational, he has a vocation apart from his ministry there at the church as pastor. Our churches our, our churches that have pastors that might be full time, but in order to make ends meet, their wives have mm. secular jobs to make ends meet. Uh, then you're probably talking about 75% of our churches in that kind of category, if not more. But here's the thing about the bivocational uh, type of pastor. I see that number growing tremendously within the next 10 to 20 years. I think it's going to be so many of our churches are going to be in a position where they— uh, in need of a bivocational pastor, I think uh, because of the lack of uh, pastors that are out there. Yeah. Uh, every week when I talk to a DOM, he'll tell me he's got nine or ten or twelve churches open in his association, and they all tell me the same thing. Yeah. They're having a hard time finding pastors. So I think the. Um, gentleman farmer that becomes the pastor, the, um, the, the, the person that is the engineer that becomes the pastor, uh, is going to be a, a rapidly growing trend in the near future. Well, and we've seen that, you know, certainly across our state with really guys coming from a broad range of vocational backgrounds <coughs> and uh, taking over that role. It's, it's 
really someone from the church probably rising up to fill that role, uh, possibly on a temporary basis, but then it it kind of becomes a full-time, part-time gig for them, doesn't it? Well, and I th- it does, and I think it's going to be incumbent upon uh, networks of churches like the TBMB to work with other ministry partners to make pastoral training readily available yeah. uh, for these folks that are have full-time vocations, and yet they want to know how to um, study the Word in a deeper fashion in preparation for messages, how to put together sermons, mm-hmm. how to lead uh, a church. And um, so it, it's incumbent upon us to step up to the plate. And as we serve churches and as we serve these heroes, to be there as a resource. And I think this is one of the things that this conference does. There's a great deal of networking and equipping sidebar conversations that helps these pastors. This year we had a record number there. We had almost 300 wow. uh, bivocational pastors and their wives. Um, and and Chris, the I started thinking about it on the way back to Nashville from East Tennessee. I met at this conference pastors that worked outside the pulpit as chemists. One is a professor of engineering at the University of Tennessee. Wow. One is a school teacher. One owns a, uh, a commercial construction company. Another gentleman just flipped houses. Um, you had, um, there, there's a bivocational pastor that leads procurement for Oak Ridge Laboratories uh, there's just a, a lot of these pastors that are just remarkable, remarkable yeah. heroes. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we one of the things that we were just talking about a little bit ago in a meeting is just the spirit among this group of pastors. They really have a sense of camaraderie just because of a, of a, of a shared, unique calling. The time every single year that we've been involved— there have been more than one pastor that has articulated, I was ready to quit, mm. and now I'm ready to go back. Yeah. And um, one of the men that led a devotion this year for us, a bivocational pastor, uh, those were almost his exact words. When he left last year, he was ready to quit, ready to throw in the towel, but somehow, some way, uh, they just keep on going. And, and this is their mountaintop retreat, literally and figuratively, where they get uh, spiritual fuel to keep on going. Yeah, and that's one thing. If someone's listening, uh, they certainly can contact us here at the TBMB for next year's retreat and get some information on that. And also John Parrott, one of our state missionaries, has done a great job of leading that over these past few years, and and he's also available to, to give some good information one of the other unique opportunities that has taken place in January is our BCMs on mission doing disaster relief. And we had a really good turnout of, of college students that are participating in that. Yeah, just um, during their Christmas break before they started class back, we had well over 100, 120 mm-hmm. or more uh, university students that went over to help in disaster relief and rebuild projects over in an area that was devastated by the hurricanes in North Carolina. This is also a trend. We've had university students uh, participating in disaster relief efforts on the Texas coast, the Florida mm-hmm. coast, and Louisiana. 
and um, there is a, a youth movement going on in uh, in disaster relief right now, and I just so appreciate those BCMs from across our state that are involved in this uh, much-needed ministry. Yeah, there's just been a great partnership the past few years between our uh, disaster relief volunteers across Tennessee and then also our BCMs. One of the things that I heard while I was out there and had the opportunity to go out and shoot some uh, Golden Offering uh, uh, for Tennessee Missions uh, video, um, because Golden Offering does help support that opportunity to get these young folks on, on mission, but uh, uh, volunteers from Severe Heights and some from other churches that were there just talked about how much they enjoy having the college students and the energy that they bring, but their, their receptivity to, uh, to learning and really that passing of the torch. And that's really one of the things that's been really at the heart of this. Um, our, our BCMs are, they're the next generation. And you know, DR is a, is a really important, viable ministry for us. Oh, absolutely. Um, in 2009, when I was pastoring at First Sevierville and president of the convention, I went across the state and visited in over 40 of our uh, different associations. And I asked the question, what is the most relevant thing that your churches are involved in uh, that our state network of churches is doing through the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board? And there were two replies almost constantly. One was that um, partnership missions, we're in uh, closing in on, on four decades of partnership missions around the world and here at home, but um, the disaster relief was always mentioned as one of the most relevant ministries we have in connecting our churches with um, meeting needs of the hurting uh, across our country. Yeah, and it's one of those things. We've had a, a, a great generation of folks that have been involved with DR for a long time, and like they talk about, if if we don't pass that on, I mean, it's one of the most practical ministries that we do as Southern Baptist and as Tennessee Baptist, and so it is encouraging to see uh, younger folks get involved in that. And I mentioned that it is funded by, uh, some of it partially by Golden Offering for Tennessee Missions Funds. We seem to be doing pretty well right now with our golden offering for this this fiscal year. Yeah, over the past five or six years, we've seen the golden offering of Tennessee missions grow by um, 25, 26%, which is pretty phenomenal. And uh, this year we're on pace to set another record. And and I just appreciate so many Tennessee Baptists giving through the golden offering of Tennessee missions to impact lostness right here in our own state. Every penny of the GOTM stays right here in Tennessee. The GOTM is to Tennessee missions and our state what Lottie Moon offering is for international missions and the Annie Armstrong offering is for North American missions is it is vitally important. Um, the biggest, one of the biggest bulk of our GOTM funding goes to church revitalization and church planting, mm-hmm. uh, as well as engaging the loss. Another large tr- uh, portion of that offering goes to Compassion Ministries right here in Tennessee. Uh, so GOTM is vital. Well, and it really does go hand in hand with cooperative program. And I want you to talk a little bit about where we are in cooperative program, but 
you know, cooperative program really does en- enable us to have a structure in place to help our churches reach people for Christ, for being able to come alongside of them in church revitalization and help them uh, get from, from where they are to where they want to be. But just talk a little bit about uh, where we are with uh, cooperative programs. We actually finished last year really well. And uh, just talk a little bit about the start we're off to this year. Yeah, last year we met budget and exceeded budget. This year uh, we're right on track to meet budget again. We're coming to the conclusion of the first quarter of our fiscal year, and uh, things are tracking in a good manner. Uh, I praise the Lord for churches that have upped their cooperative program percentage. Mm. Uh, You know, our goal by 2024 is to see every church giving 10% of their missions uh, dollars through the cooperative program, 10% of what people are giving through their churches. That's not foreign. As a matter of fact, the vast majority of the 93-year history of cooperative program, uh, churches were at 10%. Uh, Just 1986, uh, churches in Tennessee were at 11%. And through that giving, great mission-sending organizations world-class seminaries, incredible compassion ministries, uh, all of those were built. And um, the opportunity to impact the darkness, um, the spiritual darkness that's out there with the gospel has never been as uh, uh, ready as it is right now. The funding mechanism for that is this uh, missions mutual fund we call the cooperative program. Mm -hmm. And uh, Tennessee Baptist Churches last year reversed a long trend Mm -hmm. by raising the percentages uh, for the first time in about 25 or 30 years. And I'm very, very thankful for that. Well, one of the things that you've you've talked constantly about in relation to Golden Offering and Cooperative Program, but really everything else that we do here at the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board, is that any way you slice it, Tennessee is a mission field. And uh, we we talk about uh, the way that we we reach our mission field, but you really opened this year in our staff meeting with an emphasis on prayer. So just kind of as we close out this monthly update for January, what are what are some things you could be encouraging Tennessee Baptists to be praying for in relation to reaching people for Christ here in Tennessee? I would say pray for healthy churches first. Uh, the churches are the front line. We 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 are at the uh, they're at the tip of the spear. We're just here to support keeping mm-hmm. that spear sharp. And I would pray for our churches, that there'd be unity of purpose, that our churches would be healthy, and that our churches would be focused on the outside, not on the inside. They yeah. wouldn't focus on themselves. They'd focus on the mission field where they are. I would pray for that. And then I would pray that we would continue innovating in order to uh, serve these great churches mm-hmm. Uh, that we would not attempt the same things because we've always done it like that, right. but we'd be willing to get outside the box. Um, the, the last thing I'd ask folks to pray for is uh, to pray for a lot of our, our pastors and church staff members. Uh, Satan is really attacking these champions, and they are dealing with things that are very, very heavy. Uh, the opioid addiction that is sweeping our state mm-hmm is affecting so many families and uh, tragically too many of those families are the ones that are leading our churches that are being affected by their kids and grandkids 
so pr- lift our lift our pastors and their mm-hmm. families up to the Lord in prayer. Love on your pastor. Yeah, and you know, the last thing we certainly would add to that is it comes out of our theme from our last summit and just other things that we've done. You know, if we're going to win Tennessee, a great place to start in winning people for uh, for Christ here in Tennessee is to pray for the spiritually lost that are around us. So uh, we definitely want to add that. Well, uh, we'll look forward to hearing in February. There's some February is a packed month, and there's a lot of ministry going on. And so we'll look forward to hearing from you again at the end of February. And thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you for listening to Radio BNR, a podcast production of The Baptist and Reflector, the official news journal of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. This and other episodes can be downloaded at baptistandreflector.org forward slash radio BR. The ministries of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board are supported through the cooperative program and gifts received through the Golden Offering for Tennessee Missions. For more information, visit tnbaptist.org.